Live from downtown Denver, it's What a Relief! Featuring the untold story of the odds in the Olympics. <laughs> on, today's, on, on today's episode, it's Bernadette Suffolk, whose pronouns are a surprise. Just kidding, it's they, them. And featuring Elizabeth Rings. Pronouns <laughs> she, her. Um, Intro the music. And that is how we welcome you to the final episode of this season of What a Relief. Welcome. You're back. And we're just doing it. Oh my god. We're just doing it. This is the recording? <laughs> we're here. You thought that, that I was going to give you a 45 second mic test and then I was just not going to like just continue on. 45 seconds is a lot of time. That's called gold, baby. <sighs> We'll oh, let, we'll fantastic. let people be the judge of that. You guys, welcome in. Come in, come in. Get have a here. seat. Oh, you look chilly. Take off your little coat in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look chilly. Take off your coat in the summer. Oh, it's chilly. Can I you do... also take off your pants? I started, as I was saying that, getting concerned that someone would be, like, confused, like, when this podcast had been made. Like, people really are just so vested in when this is going take on. Take off your underwear and shoes, too. Hey, take it off. Welcome come in. Lay on this bed with us. Welcome to the original Greek Olympics where <laughs> nobody wore clothes so that no. you can cheat. And also, we don't want you to be a woman. We don't want you to be a woman, except we want you to be women. <laughs> but, like, wink, wink. Get on this bed. Be naked. We don't care what your genitalia says. All we care is that you feed us grapes. Because we're actually quite hungry. I've, been, I've not eaten since this podcast started. I've eaten and who knows? I said hungry, so I think maybe the people running this Olympic establishment aren't to be trusted. This Olympic village sucks. It's got high <laughs> rent. I never stock the fridge. <laughs> I, the, the, the shitter is crap. Okay, yeah, I there's a hundred people in one shower. Smelly. Oh, I'm sorry we invited you in here for our last episode. It is smelly it's... and we are naked. Oh. What did I say on the first episode? All I try to do is get my friends naked. And look at You did say all that. my friends are here and we're, we're all, all naked. naked. How else are you gonna absorb so much information about the Olympics? You have to absorb it through your pores. That's how you really know it. Yeah. It's called osmosis, baby. Ever heard of it? <laughs> no. By the way, our next podcast, a science podcast. Can't wait to learn. Oh, can't wait to not do research for that podcast. Oh, yeah. Osmosis, orgy-based knowledge. Oh, I was going to say, everything I know about osmosis is just Osmosis Jones from, um, oh, that m- movie slash show. Yeah. With the He's a white blood cell. Did you ever watch that? I for sure know what you're talking about, but I'm going to let you find it anyways. Oh my gosh. Because wait, I love this. I will look it up on the internet, but I'm going to give myself just one more moment to really pull this together for this podcast. I love this. It's not like an educational thing. So, I mean, I think I already mentioned on the show that my mom didn't allow me to watch TV. And I'm kind of realizing that... Not all TV is bad. Some of it was educational, and I didn't I didn't watch that stuff either. So I, I didn't learn nothing. The movie is just called Osmosis Jones. 
And he's a white blood cell. Yeah, but he's also blue. What? And he fights things? Yeah, he fights. Do you think it's because they didn't want to be racist? Do you want to know the voice actors in this movie? Yes. Chris Rock. (gasps) Lawrence Fishburne. What? David Hyde Pierce. What? William Shatner. Alongside live actors such as, because it was part animated. Okay. Part real life. Okay. uh, Real life actors were uh, Bill Murray, Molly Shannon, and Chris Elliott. Oh my God. It was, it's honestly, I know you like watching like older movies. Yeah. Uh, By older, I mean like from the 90s. Yeah, well, I'm glad everyone's, because I've never seen Casablanca, but I've watched a Cinderella story a thousand times. And to me, that's a a classic. Uh, Good grief. I, I, this is not what this podcast is about, but it, it is premiered now, bitch. in 2001. Its budget was 70 million and it made a box office of 14 million. Not Wait, a great. Sorry, its budget was 70? 70 million. And it made 14, 14 million? million at the box office. Oh no. With a star studded cast like that? So star studded. Tons oh. of incredible voice actors. What's the Tons plot? Of... Is someone dying of like It's leukemia? Bill Murray and he's the body and they keep like going inside his body and it's like Osmosis Jones. This is what he looks like. He's that blue Like guy. it's like it's like um the the school bus lady, Miss Frizz, and oh, like they go inside. Yeah. Kind of. No, he's like a he's a um or I'm so sorry, he's not a white blood cell. He's a and oh, and gosh. No. Oh my gosh. He's a cold pill. <laughs> That's so much worse. He's a cold pill because Bill Murray, who's like the the main dude, he's the, sick. Yeah, he's sick, so he takes this cold pill. Oh he's my supposed God. like one of the big plot points is he's supposed to exit the body once he does his job, but he's like torn because he like loves all his like inner body friends. Can I be honest? I now get why it didn't make enough money because the original plot that you gave me of like it just like learning about the body sounded fun. <gasps> oh. But just like Bill Murray being sick and watching a cold pill run through his shit yeah. does not sound as interesting. I think he stays. Oh, and then they had this I'm thinking of the television series. <laughs> I think he stays. Ozzy and Drix, which is the uh a I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. Shit. Osmosis Jones is a white blood cell. And Drix is. Drix's sidekick is the cold pill. You have taken me. None of this matters. The last episode of our podcast, we spent 10 minutes. Just trying to figure out the plot of Osmosis Jones and seemingly fail oh at it. Oh my gosh. It's just like, why do we podcast if we can't just just look up our sources and just like know it? Just like read. Oh, nobody trusts any of the information we're giving them this podcast. I'll be honest. If they've listened to a single episode besides this last one, it's not like they're coming in here looking for the hot, no. hot Here's the thing, yeah, we Bernadette showed up so hard with Nazi information. That is a gem. You do have a different worldview now, <laughs> you, or you ought to. Please don't tune in for us to talk about movies. We're going to stop now. We're going to pivot away. Oh, oh. Gonna, you know what I'm going to do, though, as a reward for finishing this podcast? I'm going to watch Osmosis Jones. It's actually, like, a pretty entertaining movie. It's not amazing, but it's... 
definitely not worth almost ten minutes of someone's day to hear I'm, the plot wrong. I'm really excited, though, that this is the first and last episode in which you did cry while we made it. And I love that so much. Oh, it's just so embarrassing. Oh, get, it's so funny. Get it together oh. before you start talking about stuff. Elizabeth. <laughs> The season one magic. You're never. You're never gonna see it again. Never again. Never in this form. Uh, not this level of commitment. Not this level uh, of love. Right. We the, are going to fall out of love quickly. Well, so I was thinking that in the second season I would turn heel. You can stay face because I can't really imagine you as a heel. I'm not saying I'm not doing that in a bad way, but you just look like a Disney princess, and uh, so like, actually, maybe it'd be more interesting that you turned heel. Ooh, if I was just a little bit of a dick? Yeah, well, what if you kind of turned into, like, one of those, like, um, I'm thinking more of, like, a Charlotte, like, more of, like, a, like, a Paris Hilton-esque. Can I have a soundboard? Okay, this is, okay, yes. And you would do with it what? Oh, uh, disrupt. Okay, so you're telling me you're going to be wrestling on, on, in the ring. Yeah. And you're going to have a soundboard. And you're gonna fight them yeah. by having really good sound Wait, effects. Where did wrestling come from? That's what heel and face mean. Oh, I just, I just, fuck me. No, we have I, to talk about stuff we've already researched. Elizabeth, I can't be trusted. Elizabeth, this is improv. Follow this thought. You're in the ring. You have a soundboard. How do you fight someone with it? I bash them. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going old school. It gets a little yeah, bloody. It's just going to be I'm, I'm, You're pulling out chairs from uh, underneath right. the, the ring. But it's funny because every time I hit them, it makes a sound. Oh, that's so funny, though. I love that. You're a villain, and it goes like... Bong, yeah. but they're like bleeding or profusely. Or just like birds chirping, and they're yeah. like, "Oh hey!" Like it's just stuff like that. <laughs> and it's just like the Seinfeld, like bong 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 bong, and they're crying, they're tearing, they're like, "Please, not another mercy, one, no. mercy!" And your name would be, uh, um, uh, the sound mixer. Oh, that's kind of bad. It was better than. <laughs> no, you'd be called. You'd be called the Foley artist. Foley. Foley. Oh, that's really great. Foley's actually pretty good. We'll just call you Foley. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. And you'd be a villain. Uh, Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to fight Foley. Most people can't. You would have the belt so well. And then eventually we'd tag team. I'd turn heel to tag team with you. Yeah. And that's our next podcast. The heels. Oh, the heels. Actually, not to be quite serious. Arcade Audio, our network, has a podcast called Heels in Heels. Oh. Everyone should check it out. You want to know, I almost pitched that those literal words like two seconds ago. <laughs> That's why I wanted to save you before okay. you were like, what if we were called? And I would be like, yes, it's super yes. taken. I got good news. But the, the podcast you want is already here. Hey, all you have to do is just try to convince them that you should be a part of it. You know who should it be? Me. Mm, I don't know. I like Foley a lot. <laughs> I want to be know a recurring character, but do not ask me to carry a lot of the plot. Okay, that's do right. Do not ask me to carry a lot of the exposition, especially. I like that oh. our last episode is the one that's least about the Olympics because it kind of shows uh, what I'll, I'll offer a journey, an arc. Truly. Um, a story. 
Uh, welcome, you guys. I'm so glad that you were here naked on the bed for that whole conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, let's get uh, let's get down some brass tacks. You're here for one thing and one thing only, and it's sex. But let me <laughs> offer you some something else, <laughs> some mystery about the Olympics instead. Feels like a fair trade. Yeah, I agree. And it's a swap that makes sense. It's equally soul fulfilling and sexually pre- pleasurable. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, on the final history segment, I wanted to, um, I'm going to touch on two things. Yes. Um, one, just a little bit of what the legacy is mm-hmm. of uh, the arts in the Olympics, and I'm going to show that through um, the very few people who uh, are known as artists that competed in the Olympics. Okay. So, like, you know, we know the whole point was that everyone was an amateur. Right. Um, but a couple of them went on to have careers. Sick. So I'm going to just kind of mention who those people were, and then I'm going to end on how the hell we're going to get them back. It's time to talk strategy. Strategy! Strategy. All right. So um, here are some, I'm going to give you two big ones and then some notable mentions. Uh, first things first. Charles Downing Lay. CDL. Thank you, Foley. (laughs) Um, Lay received a silver medal uh, in the 1936 Berlin Olympics for his work on Marine Park in Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, He was an architecture guy. Cool. Um, He frequently advocated for a closer relationship between man and nature and argued that natural resources could be beneficial for society if not misused. Oh, summing it up. Yeah, sorry, Lay. We really, uh, and you, and you were, you were ahead of your time, and yet, we probably should have figured it out then. Yeah. Um. So he was just super aware of the significant population growth in American cities during the early 20th century, and he became increasingly concerned with availability of urban outdoor space. So he dedicated his career to just designing um, open spaces. I love that. Um, so he won that silver in 1936, um, but he is super notable for all the parks that he designed uh, all over the East Coast after that. He designed, uh, everyone in New York City will know a couple of these, Marine Park in Brooklyn, Battery Park in New York City, Damn. Bryant Park in New York City, John Jay Park in New York City, and Madison Square Park in New York City. So wow. I think he, he everywhere he kind of touched has a, a high, um, like, greenery to city space percentage. Which is so needed in a city cool. that dense. It was yeah. uh, a lot in New York. He did a lot of good work in um, Connecticut as well, which Cute. is super cool. What a resume. Yeah. Good job, dude. Um, so just, like, a fun fact there. Uh, these This segment might seem uh, dry, Except if you are an art aficionado like me. Right, and we, if we haven't lost all the art aficionados that might have tuned in, early, tuned in early, yeah, and been like, this is this could deliver, and then maybe got a little discouraged. Um, here it is for you. I hope you came back. Best for last, baby. Um, so obviously I knew about Charles Downing Lay and his incredible architecture. Um, next we're gonna go into the lithograph artist Joseph Webster. Goilkin? Ooh, okay. It might be Golikin. Does that, does his name say Golikin? 
Go Lincoln. Go Lincoln. Go Lincoln. Go Lincoln. Go Lincoln. Go Lincoln. Okay. Well, that was fun. So, <laughs> uh, he was an American artist, uh, as well as a rear admiral in the United States Navy. <laughs> he quit the Navy to become an artist, and oh then the Navy gosh. did drag him back in. Oh. But he had a pretty good career while he was out of the Navy, which is kind of upsetting that, like, he was so good at the Navy that they made him come back, but, like... Rear Admiral is huge. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. So he got a gold medal in the Prince category at the art competitions at the 1932 Summer Olympics uh, for his piece called Leg Scissors. Now do I love uh, how gay that is? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, I'll show you Elizabeth a piece and you can kind of describe yes, it to the audience. Absolutely. And we'll post this on our Instagram, so get over there. What a relief podcast on Instagram. Sick. It's it's definitely like one man caught in the legs of another in a uh, in a wrestling ring. There is a bright light shining down on them. Everyone in the crowd is really enjoying it. And the referee... I'm assuming person who's calling mm-hmm. it getting as close as possible without getting <laughs> entwined. Yeah, what I really love about this lithograph, this print, is um, it's very, I mean, so it won in 32, so it makes sense. It's kind of very of the age of the late 20s. Yeah. Um, which uh, that kind of art deco period is using a lot of geogra- um, geometric mm-hmm. shapes uh, kind of crammed together to create form. Um, but like a lot of harsh angles and a lot of harsh light, um, and shadow to create, um, just kind of a flow of, yeah, lines, which I, I think it's really lovely. It's really stark. It's kind of very dramatic and serious for a wrestling match, which I like a lot. Such a similar way to say what I was thinking too. Oh, cool. I love that. I won't, I won't like say what I was thinking because it's the same. I, hey, thanks for letting me take that one. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll just be here to bring in information about films. <laughs> films that I know well and can speak to with clarity and precision. <laughs> That's honestly all I need you here for, Elizabeth. Uh, so, um, uh, Go Lincoln. Sorry, Go Lickin. Just kidding. Lickin. <laughs> um, uh, he was a painter, a watercolor, a lithography. He uh, typically made scenes around New York sporting events in American life, which makes a lot of sense that he just did sporting events and ended up in the Olympic trial, uh, meddling there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went on to have his illustrations on the front of the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Fortune, Country Life, and other. So, very fun. fun. The resumes on these folks. I know. Good grief. So, um, those are the more popular guys. I know, everyone. Those were the household names. It's those household names (laughs) that everyone knows and loves. Uh, The ones that I do want to mention, John Russell Pope, which I actually think a couple people know him, uh, got the silver in that same year, 1932, Los Angeles, for the Yale University Gymnasium. But he is super known for the Jefferson Memorial. Wow. The the Italian sculptor. Oh, God. I love I just found this fact out. Rembrandt Bugatti. (laughs) And yes, it is the brother... Of the motor uh, car inventor Bugatti. Of the car Bugattis? Of the car fame Bugatti. Nice. I just love, I love. So, uh, for art folks, this is not the Rembrandt that you think is Rembrandt. If you hear the word Rembrandt, you're probably no. thinking of the painter 
uh, from the Renaissance. This is not him. Uh, this Rembrandt Bugatti uh, was known primarily for bronze sculptures of wildlife subjects. Um, he did not meddle, but I was just really excited that he was the brother of Bugatti. I mean, I think it just shows, like, the the pull of the Olympics, you know, like... Yeah. That's, that's cool. I also just kind of think, like, of course it was, once again, just like we were talking earlier on this um, podcast about how the people that were allowed to participate in the Olympics for a long time were just, like, white people with a lot of time. Yeah. And, and uh, some resources to throw yeah. at it. And yeah. so it kind of makes just, like, a lot of sense that, like, one of these brothers went to go on to, like... One of us built the car in some people's minds, and one of us went to the Olympics. Anyway, just a casual summer. Daddy. Daddy, which one do you live more? The cars or the art? I assume that... Oh, uh, actually, I feel bad for Rembrandt. I bet he was not the favorite. Well, doesn't oh, did he go on to do cool things that made him some money so he could at least compete with like the money? He made more bronze sculptures of animals. Um, okay. No, wait. But so his last piece was sold for two point five million. So yeah. Okay. Like it's not a car empire, but it's it's okay. <laughs> it's it, it's a life. It's a living. It's not much. <laughs> it's not much. It's honest work. Oh, what can one say? Good grief. Okay. Uh, uh, you spend all day sculpting dog balls out of bronze. It's a hard day's work. <laughs> all right. And lastly is Isaac Ezraelis. Uh He won the gold medal at the 1928 Olympic Games for a painting called Red Rider. Um, but he is a super... I've actually seen quite a bit of his paintings. He's a Dutch uh, painter associated with the Amsterdam Impressionist movement. Fun. Um... And I will have you describe his painting as well. Man. Statement. Peace. Coat. Horse. Awkward neck angle. But. Or maybe it's mostly that his, ne- his little nose. He looks like he's really pulled back. Like real. Yeah. He's not at ease. It's a horse not at ease. Uh, definitely impressionistic. Um, splotchy, maybe blotty, even. (laughs) (laughs) I just want a whole podcast where Elizabeth rates, or, like, talks about impressionism. About art. A little splotchy. (laughs) Oh, man. It's nice. And you know what? It's gold medal worthy in my eyes. Lovely. Easily. Um, The red coat is very fun. I would say, personally, of this piece... Which, once again, will pose. That he has a top hat. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. That, Sorry that if I buried big. the lead Well, there. now that you said it, I guess I'll have to say something else. Oh, okay. Um, it's not... I'm a big fan of Impressionism, and I, I don't really care for his work. I think it's really cool that he brought Impressionism over to Amsterdam, or, like, helped found that movement over there. But, like, all of the stuff is just a little... I, it's not very inventive in its use of, like, color or mm-hmm. movement. It's um, kind of too easy to tell what it is. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just want to be challenged by so my impression. So you want impressionism to be less blotchy but more abstract? Yeah. I think thing. you just might like the, ab- the, the abstract movement. I think I just like being hard to pin down. Do you like cubism? No. No. No, I'm not crazy. (laughs) I'm not an idiot. I do have a moral compass, okay? (laughs) It's wobbly, but it's there. 
Uh, yeah, it's just a little, it's just a little stagnant. It's a little fine arty for me. But congrats, dude. You you painted that coat better than everyone else that that year. I'd wear it. I would wear it. I will say I have seen <clears throat> it. It the dude is wearing leggings and tall boots. It's having like a a white girl autumn. <laughs> That's just what I'm taking. Honestly, yeah, a hat. I have seen those boots. A big peacoat, riding boots. Just like, oh my god, you're so right. Hope there's cider. Oh yes, I bet he's on his way to a pumpkin patch. Yeah. Oh my god. You know what? That little white collar. Maybe that's not a shirt. Maybe that's a really comfy infinity scarf. Ooh. Oh my god. So and like such like sheer material. He's having a moment. I'm so happy for him. Hashtag fall. Hashtag bliss. Oh. It's a white woman's Instagram. <laughs> Love you, Bo Burnham. We Mwah. see you. Um. All right. So those are just kind of. I I kind of wanted to power through that list because I didn't think anyone would be like, ah, oh, yes. Charles Lay, you say? Again, My you favorite. really underestimate our audience. <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. In a serious way. And they're sick of it. But I, I think that kind of uh, goes to show how intense they were about the amateurness, right? So, of course, a lot of those people didn't go on to become crazy great, I guess. <laughs> sure. That's okay. That's okay. Except for, like, I guess dis- designing a... Lincoln or Battery Park and, and all of that is pretty pretty very, intense. Very, very good. That's very a, good. Those are some pretty huge landmarks in, in New York City. So Okay, alright. He did a good job. You're right. My bad. I'm just saying, I will not make Light. that level of impact myself. It's just because you don't have the literal space anymore. Everything's been built. That's the only reason That's I so can't get true. famous for architecture now, you know? So true. Frank Lloyd Wright took, took the last spots of land. That's why he's the last famous architect. His houses are cute. They're, yeah, they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love going on a Frank, Lloyd, Frank, Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright tour yes. and going into those houses and going like, oh, adorable. Oh my God, that is so quaint. I love Look what he's doing with wood paneling. Uh, is that, don't tell me, a ceiling? Shiplap? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going real, real like basic white girl. Where's the linoleum? That's my question. And it better not be covering original hardwood. Oh, uh, rip that shit up. Yes. DIY girl boss it today. <laughs> today we're going to be redoing a Frank Lloyd Wright house. And if you try to stop us, like all these protesters out here are trying to, we will shut you down. Anyway, let's get to work. We're partnering with Target. Oh, and it's going to be crazy. Can you imagine that TikTok uh, page where fucking, it's just like. Someone trying to DIY girl boss their way through a Frank Lloyd Wright house. It's like, all of these beams. What are they doing here? Why? See, that's the thing. I'm not really worried about, um, (laughs) about, like, major corporations, like, ruining, like, historical buildings or something. I'm worried about... You're worried about the little man. Some, like, white girls getting up in there. I mean, like, I think I know what's cute. And it's the collection Joanna Gaines has at Target. And you're just like... Oh no! Ugh. History. Goodbye. Um, what are those uh, shitty mugs that white women love that say things on them? You know I got them. You do? <laughs> of course. I have been given them as gifts. What are what are what is the the? It's called where it's like all cursive and it's just like yeah, like uh. But first, coffee. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, so there, there's like whole groups of women who are like obsessed with them on Facebook yeah. and like collect them. They're, um, I mean, they're kitschy. People are going to be like into them. They're called Ray Dunn mugs. It's like a specific woman who makes all of them. Okay. And they're like this. You know what I'm talking Just about? Just share. Yeah. And like <laughs> white with like long, thin, black words on them and like people are obsessed with them and I can just imagine like walking into a Frank Lloyd Wright home and just like <laughs> the rug is a Ray Dunn rug and the couch is a Ray Dunn couch and it just says <laughs> it's just like live laugh love um and feet go here Christ goes here <laughs> is what I imagine Ray Dunn things say like they're pretty instructional yeah instructional <laughs> And the Christ is in the heart. It's like coffee right. in here, um, and then love in here, and it points yeah. towards your butthole. <laughs> no! Damn it! You have to make sure you point those the right direction. They're kind of a loose cannon. Absolutely. For a lot of people, so. Uh, love is dangerous if it doesn't go right where it needs to. It's better go where I hope. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, hey, Hi. I would really like to, just since this is our last episode, contemplate on what it would take to get the arts back in the Olympics. I'm trying to rally all of our listeners behind yes. the idea of getting arts back in the Olympics with a force of, of just people this great. Genuinely, what could stop us? I think we outnumber other groups. There's absolutely no doubt. And if we got the Ray Dunn woman on our side, we I have no doubt what we could accomplish. You mean... Put your Olympics in me, and I'll put my art in you. <laughs> on the throw pillow! On the throw pillow. <gasps> I'm going to choke. That's incredible. Yeah. I need a Ray Dunn mug that says that. Um, so uh, I kind of wrote a little thing about wh- I wanna, how I think we're going to do it. You get four to five points, actionable steps. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Um, That's just all I have time for in my life. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Action. Yeah. Baby, action. So, um, I, when kind of sifting through the internet, it kind of seems like one person writes an article about wanting to get the arts back in the Olympics, like, once every, like, two or three years. Okay. Like, the, like every news organization has one. Uh, okay. Dating back to, like, 2013, where, like, the cut is like, let's get it back in here, and then, like, silence for years. And then, you know, um... And so what, to me, it is, is this whole podcast, we have seen one thing, and it's that the IOC doesn't do shit, right? Correct. Specifically, unless they feel like there's pressure to. 100%. So they don't ban drugs unless the drugs hurt people. Mm -hmm. They just ask countries to do stuff. The countries are like, go fuck yourself. Really messy. Like, even when they were like, hey, start doing the arts again, and they were like, no. Or even when they first started, remember the first Olympics that were supposed to have arts didn't because the host country was like, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. So it just kind of seems like there's a lot of pressure on the cities themselves. But I know it's not going to happen, but it would be so cool if the next two summer Olympics had them. And this is because it's Paris, right? And then it's LA. And Paris and LA had the most successful art Olympics while they were happening. That's a great argument. So Paris, what theirs was like the first one that really took off. Right. Um, and it was because they advertised for like the first time. Sure. And it was really great. And then, as we said on this podcast, LA had the biggest turnout of all of the people who have hosted Arts in the Olympics. Um, 
And that was for a lot of reasons. People said it was like because of a lot of publicity, because of the ramp up, because of the central location, sure, um, the notoriety, uh, all of that kind of celeb guess, sure, uh, what 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 you will. But it would just be so fun for it to come full circle in LA to host again. So the way that I feel like we get this going is one. They only respond to pressure. So we gotta get a big uproar. Let's get loud. Like and we need like a like a a slogan, I'm thinking campaign. I'm thinking something to push. Um, okay, let's spitball. Um uh it should be it should start out with uh, a verb. It okay. should be like get, do, put. Put. Okay, put. What do we want to put? Arts. What if we started out with something that we already have? <laughs> the Olympics. Put your your oh, Olympics, because they own them. Yes. Put them where? In me. Oh, wow. Really making it, like, bring it down to the personal level. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Take it from big to small. Okay, Olympics in me. Put your Olympics me, in me. Art in me. And, and what will we give them back? I'll... Uh, oh, put? my gosh. Give. Gift. Let's use put. It felt okay. strong the first time. I love, I love rediscovering words. Gold. <laughs> okay, we found it once. We'll find it again. Um, got, we're up to put your Olympics in me, and I'll put. put it's something we also my. Um, this is where we introduce it. Art. art. Where? Where do what? Do, what do people care about most? In your butt. The most. Why did I think that was so funny? I mean, I'm a fucking child. Oh, put your Olympics in me, and I'll put my heart in your butt. Oh, like that's where love goes. Damn it. All right, uh, can I be honest? I think we're close to something, but I, I think well, we're starting hey, to lose our way. We'll workshop it. Okay. Okay. We'll fine. So for it. right now, we've got put your Olympics in me. I'll put my heart in your butt. Yes. Okay. Well, people, circle back uh, in season two. Yeah, we, we'll find it. In another Olympics, another um, another year. And the one other thing that I think it's very clear that the IOC um, slash the host country, because the host country has to be the one that gets behind it, right? Sure. Because they have to create the space and put in the money to make it happen. Right. And as we saw with, like, when professionals got put in the Olympics, um, when we talked about that on this podcast, that only happened because commercials got big. And then they wanted to see stars, and they were like, yeah. the more stars there are in the thing, the more money we'll make. So I think we just allow professionals to be in it again, and people will tune in. like Just like watching the halftime show for football. Sure. If, if you know, it's like, who's going to win John Legend or Lady Gaga? Maybe people like, will well, tune in, right? First of all, we already know, but... Sure, we'll still tune in to watch the the bloodshed. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. And I know people will be like, "Well, isn't that just like another opportunity to see?" Um, but the thing is, like, it's about all around the world. So it actually wouldn't be like John Legend versus Lady Gaga. It'd be like you know everyone's individual people, and a yes. lot of them we don't know, right? Like, oh, absolutely. I would love to be exposed to more artists from around the country. Right. Uh, the globe, sorry. The people who are most famous in Bollywood, are, you know, are not the people who are famous over here. And so I think it's so fun to see that coming together. Yes. And these are a couple of my arguments why. Um, Pierre de Coubertin said that the difference between the Olympics and just another sports competition, just like, we have world championships. Right. We have all-star games. Right. We have cups. 
What makes it different? Cups, pl- is plates. We have cups. We have glasses, globes, goblets, Chal- goblet fires, Chal- chalices. We have all of these competitions. Yes. Um, what makes it different with the Olympics is the arts competition. Is the intellect and the competition of yes. the other side of quote unquote man. Yes, and I think it would be a great way to spread new ideas. Yes, and uh, Pierre argued that it's like it's the reason why it's a modern competition. So yeah. the old Olympics were only sports because, like, his thought was like society hasn't progressed enough. But here, the modern man is like a man of many talents, and I use man sure. like in obviously air quotes, humankind. Um, but uh, a talented in so many different ways, right? And so I think we would just get back to like some original thoughts because it's really just gotten into we've come full circle where it's like now how specialty can you be? Sure. How one note can you be? Right. Sure. Yeah. About one thing. So I would love to see like insane excellence from artistic pursuits on an international stage. Right. I think it would have a huge draw. Could you imagine like graffiti, but from all different like because that's like speaking of. Also, sports transcend language, but also does art. So it's like another great way for uh, different cultures to come together. I think it'd be so fun. I think it would be too. And I think we would learn a lot about each other as citizens of the world. Right. And I think it just offers the option because the cities that host the Olympics when they do their opening ceremony, they're just deep diving into theirs. Whereas if it was a competition, you could really see, like, more... There's going to be cities that never host the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Right? Obviously. For a million different reasons. Yeah. And yeah. the money and the infrastructure. So it allows, honestly, like, poorer countries to have, like, a like a, an artistic stage on the world. Oh, for sure. Which I... Uh, I, I guess my pitch is, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me, please. I really want it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, anyways, my pitch was, it needs money, but with big stars from around the world, that has money. Other people tuning in, right? People absolutely. who are in the sports. We'll just like a huge boost to the fact that it's all televised. Right. So, hey, fine. So, yeah, and so I think, like, ju- just like the Super Bowl where people watch for the halftime show, not just the sports, I think it would come through like that. So, that's my pitch. I love it. Uh, someone get me a meeting somehow, somewhere. <sighs> I'll get us in there. I'll I'll get us in their butt. Well, that's the slogan for now. Okay. Well, I like it, so we'll see. <laughs> I just think we should let people vote. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh... I also think something that, to segue us mm-hmm. to our next segment, something that doesn't really happen too, too much um, with people that, I don't know, do beautiful little watercolors is they don't come after each other before a major competition and try to knock each other's legs off their bodies um, and then pretend it wasn't them. We're going to we're gonna talk about Tanya Harding. <laughs> <laughs> Way to beat around the bush. <laughs> Stop. Stop. No. Do you want to give us your final performance for this season of everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite song? That's so sad. The, ring t- the ringtone that's blowing up the charts. <laughs> I don't want it to end, Elizabeth. I know, me either. Okay, uh, can I do it in a somber, like, like imagine like a um, a low minor piano in the background? Oh, something like Dave Matthews Band would do? Uh, 
obviously, because Dave Matthews Band, Dave can do anything he wants. He's the patron saint of this podcast. Obviously. Whether he likes it or not. He's been watching over us, and that's why it's been going so, so well. Good. <laughs> and starting off good and staying good. Ending? Positive. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 dun. It's an Olympic whoopsies. Did they mean to? No. No. But did they do? Did they do the thing? Did they mean to? Did they mean to? Yes. Yes, they... No, hold on. (laughs) Did they mean to? No. Did Did they they do do it? it? Yes. Yes. Okay, back into it. I need a whole new tune. All right. Are we just starting from the beginning of the song? Yes. God. It's an Olympic whoopsies. Did they mean to? No. No, they did. No, they did not. But did they do it? Yes. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Because it's an Olympic Whoopsies. Do, 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 do. How was that? <laughs> I spent so much time on that. A plus one. Do you want me to give me the third go? It's okay. You know what? Okay. I think it's okay. But if you want to, no. we can probably find a third. I'll give it as our outro. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding is our Olympic whoopsies. And boy, are lead pipes to the kneecap a whoopsies indeed. It is a huge whoopsies. It was definitely, when we were talking about the show in its early aughts, I was like, oh yeah, well we'll have to talk about Tanya Harding because it's just too, just insane. Yes. To not say just something quick if you're going to talk about the Olympics. It's probably one of the number one things that I didn't know about and wanted to know about. Um, like every single Olympic whoopsies that we've dived into, Bob uh-huh. Cross's pink eye, uh, the lofty gate. I didn't know a single thing about it except that like it existed. Yes. And how fucking tasty. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a true crime podcast, absolute diamond yes, in the rough. Absolutely. Okay. Everybody does this. So we're going to as well. So, um, let me be the color commentary and let me have you just yes. kind of quickly... I'm sure most people have some relationship to it's kind of, of like um well I like Tanya came out and that helped a lot I of Tanya people helped. get acquainted for the first time. I also kind of think it's like a Jean Bonnet um yes. scandal in which that like everyone's heard something. Yes, there's, there's been some enough lore. coverage. Yes. And I think also it was coming out of like, you know, like uh good old fashioned TV days where everyone was just like run with a scandal story. Everyone loves it. Yes. This was like OJ Simpson, well, it was the late like 90s. that sort of thing. Yes. Just anytime there was anything big and insane going on, people yeah. were just glued to their television. Love drama, watching. yeah. 100%. So, um, and we were born into this era. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are the way we are. So, setting the stage, it's February 1991. Our main character, Tanya Harding, is competing. And uh, she is a figure skater, of course, if you are not familiar with that. Yes. Um, so she uh, beat her arch rival, um, Kerrigan, mm-hmm. uh, at these figure skating championships, which kind of started a bit of this tiff between the two of them. Like a rivalry. A, a rivalry. But and at every- the time, seemingly healthy. 
at the time. Yes. <laughs> uh, without that, like, behind-the-scenes camera crew to capture maybe some of what the inner turmoil was, everything yes. seemed fine. So uh, Harding beats Kerrigan. It's 1991. The following month, she was triumphant again and won a silver medal to Carrington's bronze uh, at the ISU World Championships in Germany. This is the first time a woman landed a triple axel, by the way. Incredible. Kind of a big deal. Um, so January 6, 1994, about three-ish years later, um, they're prepping for the next Olympics. They are getting They're running. really on the on the road, if yes, you will. Yes, 100% they are. And it, I think things are feeling very tense. Uh, one what, might say. Is what we will come to find out. So um, Kerrigan ends up becoming uh, the victim of Hardy and her husband, whose last name, Gillooly. I think. G-I-L-L-O-O-L-Y. Yeah, Gillooly. <laughs> I think. Uh Clearly, pressure has been mounting behind the scenes, and people. Uh, uh, Harding already had kind of an like an edgy personality that people were like, she's not really fit to be a like a a beautiful, elegant um, figure skater. So mm. she was not liked by the general public at this time. Um, but she decided, I guess, to just go ahead and double down on that because she was <laughs> desperate to win. Um, so she hired a hitman to club Kerrigan in the knee. Um, the day before this massive competition where they're going to be battling each other again. The day before. Like, I'm sorry. It, it, just be smart about how you do your crime. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not to be not to be a, a fact checker. But, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But my understanding is that because there's a really long FBI investigation afterwards, whether or not she's tied to it at all. Yes. My understanding of the original hit, and, and it is said to this day that she did not know about it before it happened. Sure. That, and her, this guy, Gilligan, Gilligan. Gilly, Gilly Lily. Gil, uh, oh, sorry, Gillyweed. Gil so her, ex, uh, her, this man, Gillyweed. Yes. Um, is her ex-husband. Correct, yes. So they have divorced with a, still like some like kind of connection relationship at the time. Clearly some, Clearly some, some sort. dynamic. Yes. Um, not like super tumultuous, but they right. have some kind of dynamic, but he is an ex-husband. Yes. And from what I can tell, because the two people that were brought into prosecution and charged were her ex-husband and her bodyguard at the time. Correct. And them too, and it was really funny because there's two guys who seem to have hired two guys. Oh, a hundred percent. So it was clearly yeah. like very to do he said crime, she said. Yeah, you need to you need as few people as possible to do crime. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like this is not like a fun hangout for all of us to like do but something together. But it was. Uh, because clearly. her ex-husband and her bodyguard were yeah. like, wouldn't it be great if we hired two other guys and those other guys were a uncle and nephew <laughs> hitmen. Yeah. Which also can I just say, what a, what a you know like the uh, uh, All My Sons Moving Company? <laughs> yes. Like I love that the hitmen were like a family <laughs> dynamic. Like it's the oh, biz. Uh, Uncle Ed and and, and uh, nephew Eddie, shall we just since we have nothing else to do, uh, bring this family some glory through hitmaning? <laughs> hitmaning. 
And then and I assume they have like a cute like back to back arms crossed like totally. poster on a park bench yeah. of like Ed and Eddie. I don't know why every song has the same melody I sing. <laughs> it's the only song we've had time to write for this show. hundred percent. Oh boy. I, my brain's broken in many ways. Yes. But uh so the so ex husband and bodyguard hire uncle and nephew to fucking beat the shit out of the upper leg of Harding. Not Harding. Of uh, of Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Yes. Um, So yes, they um, they attack her. And I need you to know this because I was able to find this nugget. Uh, Shane Stant, uh, Stant, pardon me, who actually did the whacking. Yes, the nephew. He used a 21 inch retractable ASP tactical baton that he purchased for 58 56 from a store called Spy Headquarters. Oh so, my like, fucking this is God. the tone. It was never going to be, <laughs> they were never going to get away with it. And, it, like, because again, do crime in small groups, smaller <laughs> than five, and, you know, maybe don't, like, get your supplies for the mission from fucking Spy Headquarters. Are you kidding? Me? It's just so stupid. So, he didn't go to a junkyard and pick up a lead pipe. He went to a fucking store. Well, he wanted to make sure he left a paper trail. Called Spy Headquarters. Yeah. Which sounds like do crime secretly, wink, wink, here, incorporated. I know, truly. And bought this baton? Yeah, for a 58-56. So clearly clearly wanted to invest. Is it just me? I've been looking for a reason to buy this particular baton. (laughs) And they were like, listen, man. All right, time to get back on the... Back on the grind. Time to do some violence. But we're getting paid up front this time so you can get that baton you've been looking at. Is it just me? Or did this uncle and nephew, is this their first gig? It feels that way. Because, like, the energy is like they were like, oh, yeah, no, we've been in the business a long time. (laughs) And they're like, and then then fucking bodyguard and ex-husband were like, yeah, sure. And they're like, oh, yeah, did you not hear our jingle? Ed and Eddie, <laughs> spy headquarters is our place. Do crime, never caught. I just feel <laughs> do crime, never caught. It's like I want that, but like in Latin on my arm. <laughs> Absolutely, do crime, never caught, never caught. Um, no, it was like clearly it was like coming from like a place of like poor planning, and everything went sideways. <laughs> so, uh, th- uh, three of them did jail time but uh harding never did jail time even though there was an extended investigation she was allowed to like continue like um competing during this entire investigation they kept voting to be like should she be allowed and they were like well yeah sure before we jump there can you tell us a little bit more about the crime itself so they literally whacked her uh (laughs) whacked her (laughs) whacked nancy kerrigan in the leg uh, and it, uh, it didn't break her leg, actually. It just bruised the like bone. It heavily bruised heavily it. Heavily yeah. bruised it. So she was not able to compete the next day. Yeah. Which allowed um, uh, our gal Harding, Harding to get onto the Olympic team. Yes. They ended up extending Kerrigan a spot on the Olympic team out of like yes. a, hey, wow, you've been through so much, like, and so qualified before. Right. Like, it and we trust crazy. that you know what you're doing at the Olympics. Um, but... I mean, the whole, like, as Tanya Harding's being investigated, as all, like, her ex-husband and all these people that got involved were being, like, questioned and put on trial and all this stuff, 
she's still just out there competing. Still competing. Yeah. And she goes to the Olympics, and they're on the same team. They which are. Which I think is incredible. Oh, there are these crazy pictures of them, like, standing next to each other. Yes. And, uh... Uh, Kerrigan wore the exact same outfit that she received, like, her injury in as a way to kind of stick it 100%. to Harding uh, during, like, a, a practice. Yes, I saw that. Dark. So I saw that, the so some tidbits that I picked up in terms of, like, reading about it, which yes. was so tasty. Yes. Um, was, so, yes, she got the the battalion to the leg. And it wasn't to obviously kill her. It baton. was to injure her baton. Sorry, baton from Spy Headquarters. A battalion? She'd be dead. Uh, paid for $58.56. So I'm so sorry. It's honestly, for the quality? Oh. Oh. I mean, that did some damage. Fam- famously. Famously. <laughs> yeah. So she got, so she was at a practice. And if I remember right, she wasn't at her normal practice place. She was like a state over. And the fucking guy, Stant, who was hired to, to uh, hit her. Yeah. Was like, oh, fuck. Okay, and then bought a train ticket and then, oh, yeah. <laughs> like drove over and was yeah. like, oh wow, that was a close one. And one of one of them, yeah, and yeah, just I mean, we could go into so much detail about them literally tracking down each of these people. Yeah, but at the core of it, they really do believe it. Kind of like bubbles up to Harding and well, yeah. a deep, deep desire to win, to win, and a, like a lot of anger, which well, she, she was not treated messy. kindly, right? Yes. No, well, and th- there were some things I found interesting. So in the uh, the telling of it all, yes, um, I figured that Harding had the hit. Harding was at fault, X Y Z. And in terms of researching it, what I found out is um, what she stayed really planted on is it's not illegal to know about a crime after the fact and not report it in Oregon where she was. Got and it. she literally went on record saying that, which seems suspicious as hell. Uh, she yes. went on record saying it's not illegal to know about a crime and not report it. So. Yeah. Then you know. But so what they kept going after her of is she said she did lie to the FBI in her original investigation. And she knew about the attack afterwards. She didn't know about it before. Sure. She She stays that. She stands that, like, take. Yeah. She didn't know about it before. Her ex-husband and her bodyguard decided to do it. They did it. They took out the hit. Um, she found out about after the fact and didn't call the police. So they investigate her. She lies, but then she comes true. Yeah. Um, her and um, Kerrigan uh-huh. uh, have their practice at the Olympic Games, which they say had more reporters than any other yes. situation Oh, well, they ever. caught the back, like, the m- minutes after the attack of Nancy Kerrigan, like, nursing her, like... Brand, yeah. brand new wound. I mean, it was... Horrific. Such, the media hype was insane. It was so intense. Yes. Um, and then they go on to compete, and there is a little bit of, like, nice juiciness that Kerrigan ended up getting silver? No. Or bronze. And Harding placed, like, way lower than her. Yes. And um, she was not happy about the silver, but she, I mean, then... Um, uh, Harding was like eighth place. Yeah, like, Harding she, was eighth. She didn't even medal. She didn't so. even medal. So it was like you weren't even gonna get there, even if she wasn't. Like you know, like like she yeah. wasn't your competition. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. she wasn't it. But there was clearly some. So, anyways, to this day, she has claimed that like, she that. didn't know about it. Yeah. And there is an interview with her ex husband, um, who got the most severe sentence, right? Um, of everyone, and he states that, and this was really interesting to me. He said he felt bad for Harding because he feels like she got the brunt of the media circus and of the blame. Yeah. And he was like, but it was me. 
And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe he's looking out for her. Right. Or maybe not. I don't know. Sure. But it was interesting that he was like, I kind of feel bad that she got, like, the shit under the stick because it was kind of me. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. But obviously the media circus of ex-husband and Kerrigan isn't as interesting as Harding and Kerrigan. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. Right. Right. Which, I mean, ugh. it's just one of those things where, again, so shrouded in, like, mystique and lore yeah. because it's just out of this world wild. Yeah. Got all these people involved around figure skating, you know? And it's just, yeah. like, it, it's intense. It's too intense. Yeah. Like, it crossed a bunch of lines, clearly. So, so 100%. no, I... I it's hard because you watch I, Tanya and you're just like, you're, yeah, you're like, you're clearly a person that really went through it. Like, you've not yeah. gotten, like, what you needed out of life in a lot of ways, but you've gotten a lot more, you know, this this media stuff that clearly was not good for her, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's anything like the conversation, like, Free Britney right now, you yeah. know, is like... The late 90s slash early 2000s media circus yeah. didn't do young women not only any favors, but did it actively, horrifically hurt their livelihoods and mental health. Yes, totally. <laughs> well, and now we've got athletes that are saying, like, I'm not going to do, uh, like, press and uh, shit. Yeah. because it's too hard on my mental health. I and love And people that. are giving them so much shit about yeah, it. Yeah, they like, get fined. Yeah. They literally get fined for yeah. not doing media shit and I that's so wild to me like when NFL players I think are like one of the number ones who can get fined for not doing interviews and what I also really respect when like athletes go up and they like do the shit so that they're not fined but they're like then then they're seen as assholes because they won't answer questions but I respect the shit out of them because you'll see them be asked questions and they're like no comment Mm -hmm. no comment no comment, like, again and again, so they don't get fined, but they don't want to fucking do this shit. Sure. It's like, I, I think everybody can, can relate and, and feel for you in that situation. So. Absolutely. Yeah, oh. Harding was tasting, man. Yeah. I, I didn't know that it was not, well, seemingly not her hit, but that she right. knew about it. Right. I didn't know that she was still never charged. I didn't yeah. know that they She was up, punished, though. She was. Uh, like, fined $160,000, and then her 1994 national championship was revoked, and she was banned from the United States Figure Skating Association permanently. So... So she wasn't able to compete after that Olympics. Oof. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When everything Noted. came to a head, they were like, oh, yeah. Never we've, mind. I mean, we've, <laughs> I mean, give it to, like, I guess the Olympics being, like, technically not you know, guilty until you're proven that you are. Yeah. Innocent until proven guilty, I believe, is somehow... Some uh, people have said that. Some people have put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, no, but you got to talk about Johnny Harding. Just real quick. crazy that they were able, allowed, and did participate in that Olympics. Like, yes. I didn't expect that. I expected no, one either. of them to not have. That was the part that blew me away, was that the Olympics were like, well, you know, get in get here. Get in here. You're very and good at what you do. The, um... Like, after her big bruising of her leg, she was still able to compete. And then won, and then, like, placed. Yes. Like, the fact that they were both in it is just so incredible. It's wild. It's yeah. It's truly wild. And yeah. could only happen on that international stage, baby. Also, why would an ex-husband go that hard for his ex-wife unless she was like, hey, hottie? I know. 
(laughs) Would you or would you not? (laughs) Also, her bodyguard, like, what? why would they do that for her? I don't know. I I mean, there's no way anybody was making that much money. (laughs) Yeah. Like, not enough. Why would they do that for her? So then do prison time for your kind of very intense boss, let's say that. Like, Unless she, asking the most. Even if she had mentioned it, she was like, haha, wouldn't it be so funny? Haha, JK, haha, but yeah. what if? Yeah. <laughs> JK, but what if? Just slowly ramping it up. So funny, LOL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if you took her the fuck out? <laughs> it was, it's just wild. And I, yeah, there's there's even more you could delve into, but that's all, Amazing. That's all you need. We nailed you it. You need a little taste. I'm really glad we went through that. I was so curious about her. Yeah, she's quite the character. Mm-hmm. And Margot Ro- Robbie, Robbie. Margot Robbie? I think it's Robbie. Well, Margot. Can I be honest? Yeah. I think if there's one thing that this podcast has, it's a reputation reputation for not saying a single name right. But it's nice because like we're always on brand. We're like yeah. always making sure to do it wrong, even if we could say it right. Yeah, I'm consistent on my inconsistency. So don't say we never gave you nothing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Honestly, can I can I say something really honest? If you wanna, I think a really like good uh, milestone in my career would be someone trying to get a hit out on me. So I, what I am saying is, I feel really bad, and also a little jealous. It is a compliment. It's you're seen as a threat. Oh God, and I love that. That has meaning. That is value. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of valuing things, oh, man. giving value to things, I'd like to give values to whatever you have for me to judge for the last time. One last thing to judge for this season. I wanted to pay a little tribute to our host country for the 2020-2021 games, uh, Tokyo, and have you judge some haikus. I love that. Uh, it's going to be fun. Yay. So... Uh, Haikus are a traditional uh, Japanese poem uh, that showed up kind of in the 13th century um, as like an opening phrase for a larger poem, the Ringa, I believe, which is a big oral poem. It's like a hundred stanzas long. You kind of like Whoa. kick it off with a haiku to okay. kind of like set you in the, your tone and your mood for the poem. Okay. But they eventually kind of split away in the 16th century and became their own unique art form, their own type of poem, which we're all grateful for. A haiku, it's typically, traditionally, three lines, five syllables at the top, seven in the middle, five at the bottom. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is to focus on a brief moment in time and use, like, big, provocative, colorful language um, and images to create um, this, like, very intense experience in a short amount of time. I love that. They would hope the original folks that were writing haikus, that it would, you'd be able to read it in one breath. Um, and that from it would come a sense of sudden enlightenment. Oh, that's really beautiful. All positives. All positives. So. What for, a culturally specific po- form of poetry. I really enjoy absolutely. that. Haikus are also very fun to write. I have, maybe because I'm homeschooled, but maybe f- because I'm fun, um, I've sat around with my family <laughs> and written haikus as like an activity. Uh, so that's fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe because I'm homeschooled. Maybe because I'm fun. Maybe a little bit of both. Did I sell myself as as good a time as I am? Uh, honestly, more. I've never been so turned on. I'll woo ya. Uh, okay, so I have three haikus for you today. Okay. 
Two of them are written by uh, some of the greatest um, haiku poets uh, of Japanese culture okay. of all time. One of them is written by my grandmother during one of these yes. haiku writing sessions. Oh, I'm so happy. So I have three for you. Uh, of course, metal them. Then I will tell you a little bit about who wrote them and their ties to Japan. Yeah. Okay. The first haiku for you to judge. Okay. A summer river being crossed. How pleasing with sandals in my hands. Mmm. Mm, okay. Should I do it again? Yeah. All right. A summer river being crossed. How pleasing with sandals in my hands. If I'm like judging off of like what they originally wanted out of haikus, that would have such a high score because I am immediately brought to a moment. Uh huh. Sensory wise. Yes. I feel very like put there and very like, um, kind of like enlightened in, in the very basic traditional sense of like lightened like I feel like like a deep breath and like I feel the warmth of the sun and I feel like I can hear the stream trickling and I feel like I'm holding this, like I'm there and it's very visually rich and and delicious okay wonderful agreed next okay haiku number two I write erase rewrite erase again and then a poppy blooms. <gasps> oh, God, I loved that. Right? I'm seriously about to cry. That was beautiful. Shall I do it again or is it too powerful? No, do it. Okay. I write, erase, rewrite, erase again, and then a poppy blooms. God. When they talk about they want big, charged words, mm. poppy and bloom yeah. are so tasty in the yeah. mouth. Oh, absolutely. Right? And it's interesting because you start with these really um, uninteresting jumbles of words which give you the feeling of what the author is feeling, which yes. race right, race right, right? Like those are very repetitive oh, not as pretty words yeah. that create kind of a stagnant feeling. Yeah. And then the the breadth and the beauty that comes out of poppy and blooms yeah. is yeah, really yeah. beautiful. Lots of like pretty it's like a breath impressive of air. action yes right like, of, like free like you're free from that monotony mm -hmm. and like s a celebration of creativity oh absolutely oh that's yeah. gorgeous okay okay third haiku moon in the window march winds are prowling around no sleep to be found hmm again again sorry <laughs> another <laughs> okay. moon in the window March winds are prowling around, no sleep to be found. I, that's also really tasty. Mm -hmm. I think the exact word shows, like, word verbiage is not as, like, tasty to me as the other ones. Mm -hmm. But once again, it puts you there, right? Yeah. In those feelings, which I find a good poem, I think all good art, sorry, not just poetry, all good art will have you feeling the way the artist is like trying to um, make you feel, which is often how the artist is feeling. Sure. Not always. Sure. Um, but like that first one, I felt the water, I felt light, I felt summery, I felt happy. That yeah. second one, I felt like so thankful for the release of creativity at the end. And this one feels like pretty haunting. And I kind of feel like I am there in a moment of like insomnia and 
pensiveness. Mm-hmm. Almost like I'm a ghost. I'm haunting. Ooh, ooh, a chill. Well, now. Something can... about March winds is so specific, though. I don't like almost how specific it is. Sure. Huh, interesting. Okay. But they say good poetry has details. Ugh, so hard. Ugh, rate. Rate them. Give rate. them value or destroy them. Okay, I'm gonna... Actually, this is pretty easy for me. I'm gonna give the third one bronze, okay. the first one silver, and the second one gold. Because... Um, the third one was great, but it didn't... Like, I think poetry should kind of hit you. Like, I actually... People are like, I hate poetry because you have to like reread it a thousand times. And it's like, I think a poem should... You should want to reread it. Mm-hmm. And and that one, I'm like, eh, I don't need to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the light warm one, I think, was really good. But I gave it sil- silver only because Poppy Bloom's, like, kind of stole the show to me. The, the yeah. verbiage. I could tell. Right? Yeah. I gasped. Uh-huh. It, I gasped like a like a woman on a fainting couch. Okay, <laughs> give me some smelling salts because I am I'm taken. Weak. Yeah. Okay. Those are my those are my goals. Okay. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. The first uh, or the one that you gave gold. Yeah. Is by. Okay. Katsushika Hokusai. Okay. He lived in Japan between 1665 and 1718. Um, and was um, a disciple of Basho, who was another huge um, poet awesome. in, in Japanese culture. Okay. Um, so uh, the one that you gave silver, the first one, about the sandals in the hand, mm-hmm. was by Yosa Busan, who was uh, in Japan between 1716 and 1784. Um, and he was a Japanese haiku master poet wow. and painter. Which, I mean... You very much get. They Ugh. take you there right away. Yeah. There's no time to waste. No. Every word is is utilized. Truly. Every syllable. And then uh, the third one that you gave bronze was by my <sighs> Sorry, Jima. <laughs> we, call Sorry, her, we call her Giga. Uh, Sorry, Giga. It's okay. Uh, but she actually wrote it to... We had done that together and... Uh, where we at my grandmother's house we all sat around and wrote haikus one afternoon it was very like fun and silly um and then she wrote me some in a card that she sent to me and i got it uh in the spring of this year uh, during covid which was really lovely um i'm not allowed to say when she was born um because she'd be so mad at me but she (laughs) actually i'm sorry for real (laughs) yeah for sure be proud it's fine go off um you've made it this far but she did spend uh time living in japan uh while my grandfather was stationed out there with the navy Mm. and actually lived like most most of that time, uh, like on her own, and was like wow. very young. Got married very young. Uh, had her first baby there. Uh, my wow. aunt, and uh, and also you know was crushing it in her own way in Japan, oh. like as a a very young American woman abroad. That. So and so yeah. Can I just celebrate that I think Giga? I'm saying that right, right? Yes. Um, I think she like hit all of the points that celebrates exactly oh, what sure. you said was the point of haikus, which I'm really glad that you told me because like I in school, you know, when you're a little kid, I think it's to teach syllables. Yes. Wrote a lot of haikus. Yeah. Um, and can I, you complete an assignment the way we ask you to? Right. Can you follow the rules? Yeah. And you're like, damn. Yeah. I mean, I can. And I really want to. Yeah. <laughs> Please give me a haikus star. are fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I didn't know like kind of that the goal wasn't just so mathematically like. You know, can you farm a short poem, but rather, like, the in, the intention behind the words mm-hmm. and um, the specificity and the history of it was really... Yeah. I think her poem celebrates all of that, which is really Agreed. cool. Agreed. I thought she did a great job Puts with it. Right and there. I was like, you know what? 
This will be this will be fun. And shout out to Gigon. I will say this um, whole episode is me being particularly artistically pompous. <laughs> like me judging art with all of my vast um, opinions. Which honestly, where else am I going to put them? Besides my own podcast. And we gave you a little eight episode shot in the arm of our opinions. Now you can go be whoever you need to be out there. Yeah, I uh, told you exactly what I thought about uh, Red Rider and how it was not the impressionism I'm here for, <laughs> but these Japanese haikus were fucking stunning. I agree. I agree. I think they're beautiful. Um, I also didn't know, it makes so much sense that in Japanese culture, everything is a trade to be mastered and to be passed on, mm-hmm. but I did not know that about writing, and it makes so much sense, but that's so that's so cool. Like, yeah. Poetry in modern, like, if you look at modern times, you can be influenced by other artists. Mm. You can go to school and, like, actually take lessons from people who are other artists. Mm -hmm. But there is no apprenticeship in poetry, right? It's all about you develop your voice. Sure, which is cool and exciting. Yes. Yes. But this being, like, I studied under, like, someone to do a specific kind of art and then Mm -hmm. just become a master of it is so... That's a really beautiful, like, cultural difference and celebration which only makes it a little bit more sad that uh tokyo wasn't like hosting art at the olympics imagine it would have been so cool for them to uh just bring the heat in the arts yes like come on so good i know for so long i know truly (laughs) they have such a rich like beautiful past absolutely (laughs) yeah Uh, wow but we've, we've given everyone the tools they need to get the art back they we yes we informed you you're you know now you can't not act if I could end this podcast with anything. Well, you can. It's a call to action. Oh. It's it's a start complaining to your friends about the arts and not being in the Olympics. Yeah. It's a canary with a bullhorn. Look, revolutions start the generation before they happen. It's about raising our, the next generation. I'm, I almost said our kids, but like, not my kids. Maybe your kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, raising them in a culture that while they are desperately trying to battle a uh, climate apocalypse celebrating arts in the Olympics okay why take not? some time yes put those in there too I think beauty makes people uh, stop and Let's... that can just the pause alone can <laughs> uh, really <laughs> halt some evil uh, but also like I think art also shows people how much they have in common with each other because like yeah. as you said just like sport it's something that truly everybody can understand um and and, and enjoy. all cultures have found right yes. individually or together. Yes, exactly. Like no, it's very inclusive. You know, industrialism or whatever. Like there's a lot of of the captains of an industry right. uh, trading things on that side. Yeah. But everyone found art first, right? Like everyone found ways to move our bodies and ways to celebrate culture. We found it, right? And so it only makes sense that we can come together and like celebrate that. <sighs> Good people. <laughs> On the podcast, who are listening to it, do it. Go, uh, go. <laughs> you know what? Go outside. Go step out. Get out. Get get off the bed. Put your clothes on. Oh my gosh, we're we're not in ancient Greece anymore. It's the twenty first century. Okay, this podcast has lasted a while. Get off. Get off your ass. Get put off. some clothes on and go out in the street and start yelling. Oh, just care like who. us here online with you now. <laughs> 
but for reals, if this is the last time I get to speak, I want to say thank you all so much for listening. I can't believe you made it this far. I'm happy that we made it with you. Um, mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy. We are recording this before the end of the Olympics themselves. Yes. Even though you'll be listening to it afterwards. And so I hope that you enjoyed the end of the Olympics and mm-hmm. that um, the controversies that happen after we do this podcast are... Um, not bad, yeah. and everyone has a good time and does good stuff. Yeah, maybe like a hard stop on controversy since we won't be able to cover them, so... Yeah, if maybe if everyone stop. could just have a good time, be nice. Yeah, maybe just like justice. Justice. Prevail. And good stuff, and happiness, Peace. and all the bad guys go away. Oh, away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, alright. Yeah. And I don't even it. place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, also thank you. Thank you for taking this very specific niche journey with us. Um, Extra special thanks to um, Felix and Aaron for, again, contributing their art to this podcast. Yeah. Thanks to Arcade Audio for hosting us yeah. on your network. Um, and thank you, Bernadette, for um, wanting to do this very specific um, project with me when I was like, did you know about this? <laughs> you're like, I, I sure didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess we should podcast about it <laughs> without doing any research <laughs> beforehand. Uh, but it's been a... a Real fun ride and a great way to I learned so while much. away this summer. So about a lot of things that I enjoy learning about and a lot of things that I'll probably forget about because who needs to know? Well, honestly, I'm not gonna forget about uh, Rembrandt Bugatti. Bugatti with a name like that. That's with a name got like some that, staying power. A hundred percent. No, I'm really happy, and because I love you so much, I promise that in two years for the Winter Olympics we'll do a specialty episode. Love it. Um, celebrating that year and see what mm. kind of new arts and the Olympics information we got. A little update from the from the front, from the final where we're frontier. out there yelling about the good the good word. I am not joking about having this be like you know we'll do a, we'll do another eight episodes in four years. We'll see you then. So this isn't the end. Winter Olympics in two, summer again in four. Yeah, and then every two years we every two years we've got an opportunity to reconnect. Oh God, I love that. So, uh, who's given that opportunity? Where Where are you going over the next few years before we see our audience again? I am going to do some things, and uh, I will be making decisions about those things uh, upon doing them. I love that. And uh, but in terms of art stuff, I'll just be out here trying to create more theater, probably in the the Colorado area. So keep an eye out. I guess Fuck I'll be yeah. out there. And you probably in Denver. I mean, in a very um, uncommon uh, place. I have. I know exactly what I'm doing for the next two years. <laughs> I will be in San Diego, going to grad school at the University of San Diego Old Globe, Woo-hoo. getting a master's in classical performance, which yes, is just yes, to yes. say Shakespeare for the most part. And I, I will be doing that all year round. So if you want to all come through San Diego at the Old Globe and see see it in work, come on by. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, we'll we'll all be there. In the audience, screaming. Oh, God, finally. And then they'll be like, who is your family? And I'll be like, these, my this, friends made out of... This is my podcast family, and they mean more to me than, like, most people I've met. And I just care about them so much. I did an Olympics podcast and made the best friends of my entire life. And it's not about the arts that we inspire along the way. It's about the friends that got us there or something. Yes! It's not about the art inspired. It's about the friends that got us there. Hopefully some art was inspired, though. And you know what? And then you'll take the stage for your final bow, and they'll think, what amazing thing is Bernadette going to share? And you'll open your mouth and you'll say, put your Olympics in me, and I'll put my art in you. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's a lot better than your butt. You're right. 
Oh, I told thanks, you, Elizabeth. You were going to warm up to this. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. It's not a goodbye. It's just uh, till then. Uh, just till then. <laughs> till we got more programming to cover. Thank you again. And, and as we say, put your Olympics in me, and <laughs> I'll put my heart in you. Oh, sorry. That was as good as it gets.